We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning, everybody. I am Bart Winkler, hijacking the studio microphone to sound a little bit better. I do have plans to buy a new microphone, but it's a lot more expensive than I thought. But I thought this would be a nice audio treat for you, me sounding a little bit different. This is the Bart Winkler Show. It is great to be with you. Wes Hodkowitz is going to be the star of this episode it is going to be pretty much his episode to shine. Wes Hodkowitz, longtime writer for the Green Bay Press-Gazette. We're going to talk about his time there and then get into his time with the Green Bay Packers. I think he's been with Packers.com for about seven years. A big transition for any writer when you're on one side of the kind of fence and then the other. You know, when you're like, to, to stay afloat, I mean, like, I'm in the hot take business or whatever the hell I'm doing. And a lot of things that I say about the Brewers, for instance, you ain't hearing that from me if I'm getting paid by Milwaukee Brewers, Inc. That ain't happening. So Wes kind of had to adjust a little bit. And I think it's a good behind-the-scenes look. I try to ask him a few questions that maybe he's never been asked in these kind of interviews before. Uh, and just you know get to know him a little bit and present that to you. We do talk a little bit about the upcoming season, some basic ask your beat writer of a website generic uh, questions, but he gives much better answers than those questions deserve. So Wes Hodkowitz, it's good to talk to him and catch up with him, and we'll hear that a little bit later on in the show before we talk some brewers. Hubbada hubbada. Happyplacehemp.com, I want to tell you about them immediately because they deserve your attention. They have gummies and other products that have CBD in them, which can help you in a variety of different ways. CBD, the all-encompassing, uh, rub it on your arm if you got an owie or your wrists have been hurting. If you're old, if you have plantar fasciitis, one of the millions of Americans that suffer, the balm has been good for that. Not the balm, rather the lotion I've been using. Uh, could try the balm. And also, oh, they have gummies that make you feel nice. So maybe take that. When you're in a nice period of relaxing, I would like to take one. I'm going to have a party for my kid coming up. It's a Paw Patrol theme party. I might be, I might be, uh, it might be a Delta nine party for daddy is what it might be. Dad, daddy might, daddy's brain might be rubble as I chase the, uh, (laughs) the, the sky. (laughs) Jesus. Uh, Ah, Paw Patrol doesn't deserve that. Happyplacehemp.com. The promo code is BART. 25% off with the code BART. That code is always good. Every order you do. Sampler pack, big order, order for the neighborhood, 25% off. Discreet packaging, free shipping. Check them out. Do me a favor and at least browse the site. See what we're talking about. Happyplacehemp.com. Uh, I've got no Carl's Place voicemails for you today. Carl's Place, carlvt.com backslash Bart for the golf simulators. No brewer-related ones, so the ones I do have I might save. I am planning to do a brewer's show Monday and Tuesday night. So here's what here's what I was planning to do. I was planning to do a trade deadline show on Tuesday live, I didn't realize the trade deadline was at 5 o'clock. 
Five o'clock on Tuesdays is swimming lessons for the boy. So instead, I'm going to do a post game for the Brewers on Monday, which will serve as a what should they do? And then I'm going to do a post game for the Brewers on Tuesday, which will serve as why didn't they do what they should have done? So those things coming up. Tough weekend for the Brewers. They got swept by the Braves. A lot of people upset. The Braves had one of those weekends where you're just not going to beat them. They hit like 400 in this series. The Brewers gave up in a three-game series the most runs, 29. That's the most they've given up. Our friend Kurt Hogue with this stat in a series since 2019. So this was a series we haven't seen in about four years. And they were hitting a little bit too. The Brewers were hitting a little bit. It wasn't always like they were in these games. Sunday's game I was watching as I was doing CBS Sports Radio and, you know, I'd check in between segments. I couldn't watch the game. I'd get too distracted. And I'm not going to do a CBS Sports Radio shift where I'm doing play-by-play for the Brewers, although I could have. But 10-7, 11-5, and then 8-6. So finally this team that can't score dick for runs puts up a bunch of runs and they just can't uh, keep up the pace. Julio Tehran got drilled, so obviously he's on the injured list. Carlos Santana's a brewer. He hit a home run. That was nice. I bet on I did bet on him to hit one Saturday, and he didn't, but then he hit one on Sunday. I fucked that up. And now they've got the Nationals, so hopefully things change a little bit. I think that there's been a lot of teams. What's interesting about this time of the year in baseball is that these, these series somehow are more important than the other series at any other time in the year because they're, like, Teams are deciding what they're going to do. What are we going to do? If you're the Cubs, you were selling. You were selling. Marcus Stroman, gone. Cody Bellinger, gone. Then they won eight in a row. They ain't trading those guys now. Not when you're three and a half back in the Central. They're not going to trade those guys anymore. And the Brewers, the, the Brewers will be in second as of Monday morning as the Reds as I'm recording this, destroying the Dodgers. Some trades in baseball, Cardinals are selling off some pitchers. Jordan Hicks, Jordan Montgomery. Max Scherzer is a Ranger. Looks like he'll start Thursday. If there is a big Brewers trade, we'll talk about it tomorrow. If for some reason they get Eloy Jimenez overnight, uh, I didn't I didn't add on to this one. This is, a, this is Wes Hodkowitz's time to shine. I'm just doing... A little brewer segment so that I can put the ads in the proper placement where they need to go before I give you all of Wes. That I need I need ads in the first thirty percent of the show. So that's why it's structured the way it is. Little hint or secret. But I also wanted to talk about the Brewers and to tell you that we'll be live talking about the Brewers Monday and Tuesday night. I would like to do something for the U.S. Soccer Women's game Tuesday morning at 2 a.m. I don't know that I will. But I, you know what I think about with the series against the Brewers? It's not that they ran into a Braves team. Like, the Braves are hard to beat. Clearly, they're a class ahead of the Brewers. MKE Matt 13 on Twitter. I see this from him. Uh, he's with Reviewing the Brew. He says, the Brewers are 7-2-1 and one in their last 10 series. The two series they lost were both to the Braves. So on one hand, it's like a good measuring stick that the Brewers are not the Braves. On the other, it is a measuring stick that tells you you're competitive against everybody else. So what do you do if you're a team like this? Did this series motivate them any less or more to make trades? And had they not got, like, what if the Brewers were around 500? If the Brewers came into this series around 500 and got swept by the Braves, we could be sellers. So that's why, like I say, these games are important, and they are important because the trade deadline's coming up, but that's why every game's important. Some of those games that they won by one run or walk off, like every game's important because if the Brewers had any worse of a record coming into this series, this series against the Braves was devastating enough from a pitching standpoint that you could have deemed yourself as, like, bad. Now, the Brewers, they would still give the argument, we're getting Brandon Woodruff back. We're getting Brian Anderson back. We're getting Rowdy Telez back. They thought they were getting Justin Wilson back. That sucks. He got hurt. But this, the like, 
Every every I just want to say every game of the 162 matters. Sometimes we feel like it doesn't, but it all does. It all it all matters. So Brewers post game show Monday and Tuesday. Packers again. I haven't seen too much of the uh, training camp because they're very strict about videos. Um, I did see all the reports that people loved Jordan Love's performance on Saturday. I'm really thinking he's going to be good. I really am. Also, I broke the seal on CBS Sports Radio on Friday night. I've gone all in. I do trash Rodgers again now. I, I took the summer off from that, but I'm back. I'm out of retirement. And uh, I thought that he, it was cute that he made a Sean Payton story now an Aaron Rodgers story. Sean Payton's bitching about the Jets and Nathaniel Hackett. Suddenly, Rodgers is saying, keep my coach's name out of your mouth. He could have said anything else. He could have said, yeah, you know, I just kind of like that's not something I want to get into. I I wouldn't be talking about people that way. He could have said any other answer, but he went for the sexy clickbait answer, and it uh, he put out honey, and it 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 attracted bees like me. So I'm back. I'm back bitching about this guy. I tried. I really tried my best, but I really don't like him. I'm gonna I'm gonna be so happy to see him retire his number as a Packer. I'm gonna be very happy, and that day. I'm going to think of all the great moments. I'm going to think of the Hail Marys. I'm going to think of the uh, gotcha plays offsides, the free plays. I'm going to think of the play against Detroit and Arizona and Jeff Janis. I'm going to think of I, I own you. I'm going to think of Super Bowl 45. I'm going to think of it all. He gave me a lot of great memories. Gave me a lot of great seasons. He really did. But right now, I hope this guy does not win another game in his professional career. And I don't care. I, I don't think that that I don't that I don't. I want the Jets to be bad so we get a better pick. If I have to justify it, but I'm not trying to. I'm just I don't like them, so I don't want to see him succeed. Now, will I quietly play a Aaron Rodgers Jets stack on DraftKings every week to hedge my emotions? Of course I will. But I don't want to. But I will have to do that. Westside coming up. We'll do that. He will also be, the video of him and I talking is on the uh, YouTube stream. You can check that out when it's posted. That courtesy of Dan Shaney, Dan Shaney Insurance. Check him out, danshaney.com, for all of your work, business, home, auto. If you need something insured, Dan Shaney will get you a quote. More often than not, as we're finding out from a lot of you guys that have already called him, get you a lower rate. Same coverage, sometimes even better, and for a lower rate. That's what Dan's able to do. So check him out. Wes Hodkowitz next, Bart Winkler Show. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Joining the program is Wes Hodkowitz, longtime writer, formerly of the Green Bay Press-Gazette, longtime contributor at the fan when that used to exist, 
and now with Packers.com. Wes, thanks for coming on. How are you? Ab- absolutely, buddy. I felt like this was years in the making to, to finally make this happen. It's like bringing the whole SSP thing back full circle again. So happy to be here. Yeah, well, we're all still kind of mostly out of work, but it's good to talk to you. <laughs> No, it's fine. One of our, one of the co, hey, one of my old coworkers just got placed on the Packers board of directors. So what am I? Yeah, yeah, I know it, right? I mean, I I was so excited. I actually got a chance to see Leroy after he was down there looking dapper as ever, and uh, he came out and biggest smile in the world. I'm, I'm just so excited for him. I'm, it's cool when you see somebody that I think is so richly deserving of a Hall of Fame honor like that, but just to see the world start to understand and know the Leroy Butler that we've all known for so long. And the, the reason I'm always felt so connected to Leroy, in addition to doing the, you know, the big show with him was he was a guy when I was a little rug rat running around the beat, 20 something years old, you know, not really having a lot of people to go to. I don't think there's been one time where Leroy Butler hasn't answered my phone call. And yeah. um, at a certain point, dude, especially my first couple of years, there's a Rolodex of former Packers, current Packers, people that weren't, they weren't picking up that cell, but Leroy Butler's always made time for me. So when he, anything he does, man, I, I champion him to the fullest because he's one of my favorite human beings, former Packers. Sure. But I mean, in terms of people that come into your life and you appreciate, they don't get much better than that guy. Well, he's one of the guys I, I said this the other day, but I'll say it again. Cause it's him and uh, Jim Paschke. Yeah. We used to do bucks games forever. These are two guys that are so nice and i've told both of them this i said you're so nice that there be there there became a point where my whole mission was to see you screw up like i i am going to find the moment where you take the mask off and you're an evil like you're faking it and it never it it doesn't happen with those two especially as i call them leap yeah, I mean, the, the beautiful thing about Leroy is, again, he's one of those human beings that, and I, I wish I could be like this. I, If he's had a bad day, he hasn't let me see it. Maybe Genesis has, but I mean, I, the guy has always got a smile on his face. And, and also from the Green Bay Packers perspective, being able to work on this side of it with him. I mean, you talk about great ambassadors, people just at a drop of a hat willing to show up and and go to a charity event or go to something cool like that he's always there and that's that's incredible i think that's a testament to him and and obviously the life that he leads so growing up when you um or even you know back in the day when you saw the transition that happened between uh, Favre to rogers were you like i'd love to be working at that place when another transition happens so because that's what you've just had to experience and uh, and are still experiencing. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what, though, Bart, I, I don't know if you could ever compare the two because I was a little um, I, I was doing like I was a part time preps reporter in 2008 when that all went down at the Press Gazette. And I watched Rob Domofsky and Tom Pelissero and Mike Vandermoss, that whole crew. I mean, I think there were probably some sleepless nights mixed in there. And I'll never forget, dude, I was on vacation with my now wife. Uh, we were down visiting some family. And the whole thing happened where, where family night happened, where Favre showed up and I'll never forget. I was coming back to work that following week and Vandermoss called me up and he's like, giving me the schedule. And dude, we're talking about like not meaningless things. Cause it was important to my job, but like the high school cross country preview, right. For our area, stuff like that. And I'm like, Mike, you guys got Brett Favre flying in a thunderstorm in the middle of the night. It's like, I, I respect the dedication to the sports editing craft here, but it's like, you got, you got bigger problems right now than what I can offer you. And seeing what, how tumultuous that time was compared to this. I mean, yeah, certainly it's been a long drawn out process here the last couple of years, but I kind of count myself somewhat fortunate that you know, I, I wasn't having to show up at any airports or anything like Domofsky did and being able to actually, you know, see the thing happen. And it took time. But at the end of the day, I felt like it ended up being kind of a win-win for both sides. I mean, Rodgers gets his next step chapter, which just so happens to also be in New York, while the Green Bay Packers, you know, get to move on to Jordan Love, who we got to figure out what he is as a quarterback. But in terms of a professional and someone that I think has done every single thing right that he could the last three years, um, finally get to see what he looks like under center. You know, I would think like the writer in you, uh, and I'll talk to about the Love stuff in a second, but there's there's I don't know when you first make the leap from like newspaper to packers.com everyone's gonna be like you, you know you know what they say yeah but, for sure but there's gotta be sometimes where you're like 
and maybe it's all the time, but there's gotta be sometimes you're like, I am so glad that I'm working for Packers.com where I can just report on what's happening and not like log into flight aware and see <sighs> where Brian yeah. Budikin's plane is. <laughs> and I'll tell you camping out at the airport. The the two things that hurt me the most, dude. So I started working at the press gazette when I was 18. A year into that, I was helping people clean out their their cabinets and you know be laid off and things like that. I can't imagine how many different layoffs I went through in those 10 years I was there. I was always fortunate enough, but a lot of my colleagues and friends weren't. So for me, that was the first thing because my wife and I, we talked about it. I'm like, okay, where are we going to set up our next chapter of our life? Are we going to be here? Is this where we're going to start a family? Well, if you're going to do that, and I'm from Green Bay, I went to school at Green Bay, this is where I want to be. So that was sort of the, the thing for me when I, when I made that move. It was all about what, what's going to be the best that keeps us here in the long run. But in the back of my mind too, Bart, I'll never forget this. One of the, the biggest things that stood out to me about why I felt like I needed to start making a transition was I was sitting at dinner with my wife. This was like, dude, this is like a March Saturday night. And one of my favorite all-time Packers, really great human being, Andy Malumba, had just signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. God bless Andy. I love him. But with all due respect, it is Andy Malumba, right? This wasn't Clay Matthews. This wasn't Aaron Rodgers getting traded. But you get that text message. You get that call. Next thing I know, I'm leaving my wife at the dinner table, and I'm out on the sidewalk trying to get a hold of Andy's agent to, to confirm that he signed with Kansas City on a Saturday night. No disrespect. Nobody cares. And that aspect of it is what I think ultimately kind of drove me out of the business because I kind of got handy, like just kind of handcuffed to being a beat like news guy. And I wasn't able to do as much writing as I wanted to. So to get back to your question, when you have things like this happen, it's important. People obviously care about it and they want to talk about it, but it's just the the amount of doors that you have to bang on and the, the amount of the lengths that you have to go for information that is already readily available for just for the sake of being the paper of record. That's the part of it. I think that I breathe the biggest sigh of relief on being on this side of it now is it's like the way I handle the Packers.com gig. I'm never going to go. I, Cause there's a lot of people I respect in the business. Adam McKelvey was one of them. I saw what he did with brewers.com. I've seen what a lot of my friends that made the transition around the league. I'm never going to sit there and write, you know, so-and-so is the worst player ever. They need to cut him. Right. But at the same time, my whole goal is never to Ben, Ben X player, a player. This guy's playing great when the rest of the world can see he's struggling. The nice thing about being an NFL beat reporter is there's 53 guys in that locker room. And I'll never forget one of the lessons I learned from Pete Doherty and Cliff Crystal. And that was going back to some of the rougher days when some guys maybe weren't willing to talk to me in the locker room was you need five guys to cover an NFL football team. You really need five players that are willing to talk to you. And that's, that'll get you through an entire season. I took that to heart. So being on this side of it, I just try to tell more of the people's stories. I try to give more of a glimpse behind the scenes. And then obviously leaving it to the, the true beat, the true beat guys out there that have to unfortunately kind of scratch at the ground a little bit when the Aaron Rodgers stuff happens. Well, yeah, I mean, there's those guys that do that. And if people are looking for like negativity, I mean, there's 9,000 of me's. <laughs> I think you're a little hard on yourself there. Doing these, doing these, these, we're you know, I love like after a game, I'll I'll do post games, and it's like I'm doing a post game, and then these people are doing a post game. It's like there's 40 post games (laughs) at the same time, and just like if you just listen to it at some point during the week. But I get it though, right? Because like I'm a huge UFC fan. That's something I do in my free time. I love you know MMA. What's the first thing I do after like a UFC pay per view? I'm going immediately to the press conferences. I'm going to the analysis, the experts, because you want to continue the conversation. So I get it. The thing I love most about this beat, though, is the fact that there are all those different people and there's all those people willing to consume that content. Right. Because, dude, there are a lot of teams in the National Football League. They are not lucky with that kind of following. I know there's specific teams. I won't name them, but they'll basically credential anybody. Because they're trying to just get people in their locker room to talk to their players, to tell perspectives, to sell tickets. The Green Bay Packers, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to stay in Green Bay so much and and why I love the state. I love the Brewers and all these other teams because people do care. And especially if you win, you know, people are going to want to be able to follow that product and see how far that that journey can go. 
You were out to dinner with your wife. Do you remember where? My my wife was in uh... sushi. <laughs> oh, we're at a now defunct place called Bonsai in De Pere, Wisconsin. And uh, I didn't know what Bonsai. To to make it even more depressing, it was one of those joints that like it's an old school De Pere place. The building was probably 150 years old. Where you walk in and you immediately have to go down the stairs. So it was like an old mafia film. Like I left her down there at the table, <laughs> and I had to go up the stairs and back up to the the Broadway up there to be on the the phone asking what kind of one-year contract Andy signed. I mean, that was just depressing. Just uh, my wife, when we met, she lived in green Bay. She lived in Alloway. So we used to always go to, there's this place in De Pere. It's a Mexican place. El Caliente. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. El Caliente. Yep. Yep. And then there's one in Alloway. I think Los Maguis. We went to a lot. It's a very popular one still to this day. Is Jimmy C's still kicking? Uh, it was. I feel like it's not. And if it is, it's a reincarnation of it. But I, because one time I tried to go there and I found out as soon as I dro- drove down, because it's right on the water, that as soon as I drove down, it was no longer operational. They had, they'd closed up shop. But I haven't been down there in a while. I heard a rumor that maybe it had been back or something had been back in that space. There was one time we were there. I didn't say hi to him, but Larry McCarron was there. Oh, you should have said hi. I, it was 95 degrees and he was in <laughs> jeans. That's true. Larry doesn't wear shirts, bro. Larry <laughs> never. I, I, I to, to my wife, I go, that's Larry McCarron, Packers, whatever. Why is he wearing jeans? The most startling. So the one thing that's cool about the Packers, uh, the Press Gazette, by the way, they, they ended up getting rid of our YMCA uh, memberships. You couldn't get free YMCA memberships anymore. So you can get, you know, diabetes or whatever. They didn't care. But the cool thing about the Packers is they have like a little, it's not huge, but there's this little employee workout area. And I'll never forget this. It was the most startling thing in the world for me the first time. Well, in addition to feeling really sad about my diminutive stature and watching a guy like Larry and some of these people that have been doing this entire life as professional athletes, but Larry was actually wearing shorts and I couldn't think in my head right away about what seemed off. But then I was like, you know what? All these years, whether I was at the Press Gazette, the Packers, whatever, yeah, Larry, Larry is a pants man. It can be, he could be on the face of the sun, and that guy is going to be wearing pants, and I mean, you can only respect it, so. But you should have totally said hi. My my mom did that once. She's like, I saw Larry at Los Benditos uh, on on Mason Street in Green Bay, and I'm like, well, why didn't you say hi? She's like, I was a little nervous. And then the coolest story, I got to tell this story quick. My dad was at this place called D2. Uh, in green bay and he my dad's i get my extrovertedness from my dad my mom's more introverted and he's he's he'll go up and talk to anybody and he didn't want to interrupt him he's like hey you know mr mccarran i just want to let you know my son is wes hodkowitz he he works with you at the packers and larry and only the best way larry could ever do it i mean just talking about making whether i'm a screw up or not but making a father feel great about his son just gave him the best compliment ever in terms of just the type of kid that he raised. And that made me feel like a million bucks, but more importantly, it it made my dad feel really good about it. So my point being is next time, I don't care if it's at Lambeau field. I don't care. Just quickly go and say hi to Mr. Larry McCarron. Cause he is, we got to enjoy him while he's, while he's doing this. Cause he is an absolute legend. I have a story about my grandparents that I want to tell you. Let's do Uh, it. So my name is Bart, obviously. Mm And I've always asked my parents if I was named after Bart Starr. Are you Bartlett? Are you, is the full Bartlett? Just Bart. Okay. All right, cool. And then when I found out his real name was Brian Bartlett Starr, yeah. I like died inside. Because <laughs> there's so many people you meet as Barts and I'm like, oh, you're Bart too. And he goes, no, my name's uh, Steve Barkowski. <laughs> Even uh, UWM's basketball coach, Bart Lundy. Yeah. That's not his real name either. <laughs> You're an authentic part. Sorry to interrupt your story, though. Go ahead about your talking to your grandparents. They apparently the story is, I've got you know the the sheet the Bart Star picture that everyone's got autographed. Yeah, yeah. The story is they saw him in an airport when I was a baby, and they said, "Our grandson's name is Bart. Can you sign this?" And a year later, he saw them and asked how Bart was doing. It's unbelievable, man. The guy you again. I was talking. Do you about think it's me. true? I always thought they were blowing smoke. I honestly think, dude, there's a real chance that that's true. I honest to God mean that because, you know, I was talking about Leroy being one of the great ambassadors. 
Bart Starr, I, so we do this thing in Insider Inbox where we have to do this Q&A six days a week, right? It's 52 weeks out of the year. It's a, it's a contract thing. We have to do it. You can't take a break from it. So it's myself and Mike Spofford. It's us all year long. Well, to give ourselves a little bit of break, I started doing this thing called Outsider Inbox like five years ago, which is where we just ask the questions that people answer. And then I can curate those for an entire week and both of us can take off. It's a really good deal for us. Anyway, one of the questions, and it's valuable. People like this stuff. So but one of the questions ended up being basically like, tell us your favorite Packers memory. We always switch it up every year, but I can't tell you, Bart, how many times I, I asked a question like that. And people said they either met Bart Starr where he didn't have a pen. And then he ended up sending them a letter six months later with a signed photo wow. or stuff like that, where people had an interaction with him, not even in green Bay might've been in Alabama, might've been at a card set, something where he actually, whether it was him or Cherry, however they did it, that he kind of had this the steel trap memory and uh, was incredibly diligent following up. And I think that's one of the coolest things about, you know, that generation is they, I don't want to say they'd appreciated it more, but they were, I think they did a better job of showing what fans truly, you know, mean to them and, and you know, how effective they, they were in being able to kind of give back. To, to those fans that support him. So I, I don't, I don't, I'm not, is it Mr. and Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Winkler? Or is that the mom side? The grandparents? No, there's one of my dad's parents. Yeah. Okay. So I'm saying grandma and grandpa Winkler, they're not necessarily just blowing smoke up their young grandsons, but that this could actually be a legitimate story. All right. Well that I, I'm, I, cause I've asked my grandma swears it, but you never know. I believe it. They might, they might be uh whatever couple of uh, more West-centric questions. Yeah. Just because I'm curious. So when you take the job with Packers.com, is there something that you thought would be, like, hard or the biggest challenge, and now seven years later you're like, oh, that's actually easier or the, the one of the better parts of my job? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely the aspect of being behind the wall so to speak right like i i always i remember having a joking with jordy nelson about this about six years ago we did this thing when they when they brought us all in to a team meeting back in 2016 it was right when i started and that's when probably there was the most people on the football like mostly the player side of things were like oh they're hiring this guy that's kind of different um but i'll never forget it they, they did a thing where they brought in everybody from packers media so our social media people our video people larry himself i mean talk about just an absolute living legend and applause he gets and then they said wes hot quits <laughs> and it was like this this bronx sort of like cheer mixed with the like like we're just going to clap just to be nice. And then there's other people that are kind of booing in the background. And uh, I remember later on Jordy Nelson, and I had a good laugh about that. I, I was th that first year in particular and, and everyone was great for the most part. People really did make me feel like I made the right decision. I was at home. But the difference now though, is you get, to, I, I felt like I got to know players better now. I, I mean, I'm not showing up at anybody's house, you know, playing PS five with them, but like Kenny Clark's, for example, Kenny's like one of my all time favorite guys, just because I never covered him on the other end of it. He came in in 2016, just like I came in in 2016, a month after I started, he was drafted here. So I've covered now his career for seven years and he's just known me as the website guy. Um, so that, that part of it, I think was probably the, the biggest transition that I was worried about because I did the move for all the right reasons, but when you cover a team critically for five years, you know what it's like. I mean, it, it, it can be tough and not that I was sitting around, you know, creating all these headlines and trying to be a, you know, rebel rouser in the locker room. But I mean, you got to cover the team from what you see on the football field. And there were some tough years for green Bay in there, you know, a couple of times. So uh, th that aspect of it has been cool. And then just being able to kind of grow those relationships moving forward now, I think has probably been um, the neatest part, both, both with just the locker room, but also, the guys in you know facilities and the people that work in finance and our ticketing people. I mean, there's just so many, I felt blessed in that I went from a place at the press Gazette where there was 35 people in the newsroom when I left. And unfortunately a lot of them were on the older side of things to it's cool being able to sort of mentor people now on this side of it, right? Get interns in there and I can give them my experience now. I think that's really fun. So in that way, it's been a really, really fulfilling transition. Not that, I want to think the team I've been the most critical about is the team on my hat, the Brewers. 
um hey it happens man back back in you go back to college west hardquits and the ned yost years i i was pretty critical too at that point so I, I i understand i just don't think like not that i would people like send me when the brewers have like jobs or something i'm like they're not ever hiring <laughs> and i would i would i would have to like everyone that's there now in any <laughs> capacity would have to have been gone before i even think about yeah applying that that was actually one of the things. So my, my process for coming to the Packers was like seven months long, Bart. It was like, I think I did my first interview. Well, I first started talking about it in like October of 15. I didn't get hired over there until like end of April. And I'll, I'll never forget one of the conversations I had with somebody was, you know, how does Mike feel about this? Mike McCarthy at the time. And basically the message that was relayed to me as well. If Mike, Mike didn't want you here, you probably wouldn't be here. So it's like, you just, you just kind of do the best you can, but I I've always been a communicate. I've tried to be a communicator. I, I, I came up in this business, dude. I'm, I'm 35. I started doing this when I was 18. So it's almost my half my life at this point. So I love journalism. I love sports media and um, everyone's got to kind of do their own thing and do what's best for them and their family. And this has kind of been my path. So everybody does it differently with, with the brewers. When I covered them and got like the credential, um, I don't have it now. <laughs> But the thing that I miss the most is I got to go pretty, I mean, not everywhere, but you got to be in a lot of places that now when I buy a ticket, I can't go to. Is there like a part of Lambo that you wish more fans could see or a part of your day to day that you wish they could have more access to? Yeah, dude, that that is by far probably one of the best questions anyone's ever asked me in these things, because I think that's the thing that's most special for Thank you. I'm sh- Thank you. <laughs> Walk out. Mic drop. Hey, I always cock off that I'm a great interviewer and it's great yeah. to have the interviewee. Uh, look at that. Look at that, you sons of bitches. <laughs> look at that. But but you would admit, why are you critical of the Brewers, right? Because I think at some level, you want to see them succeed. You want to see Milwaukee as a town. as a I love succeed, the Brewers. Right? Yeah, they're absolutely. just so easy to make fun of. But but along with that goes Miller Park. It goes AmFam Field, whatever you want to call it now. And what you see and what it represents. So I grew up in Green Bay, Wisconsin, going to Chuck E. Cheese as a five-year-old, driving past Lambeau Field to go to, you know, bring my high school girlfriend to a movie at Bay Park Mall, going to different restaurants. It Lambeau Field's always there. And yeah. I, I think there, I've always said this, the, the one thing like we, we can do, for families, we can do tours, uh, like before home games. Um, now that COVID's kind of passed and it's a neat experience because you get to go back into some of the football facilities. But the thing I always enjoy the most showing people is going up to the seventh floor. And if you do the tour, you can go check out the seventh floor, especially now that construction's finished. You can go up to the seventh floor and looking down on that field. And especially when nobody's in the stadium, is the coolest experience because for me, that's where the historian in me, the history person in me is like, may not be the same ground, may not be the same grass, but in that spot, like one of the most iconic teams in the national football league's history, if not the most iconic, all that history since 1957 has happened in that spot. And I think of those opportunities, I, you know, a lot of times before home games uh, on Fridays, before I leave, I'll go up into the, south end zone and in that area and i'll kind of take a lap let's go walk around and there's so many cool things and cool people in that building that make all those pieces fit together that you can kind of appreciate you know what what makes that stadium special and whether it like i said whether it's the seventh floor in the south end zone the highest point in green bay wisconsin whether it's you know going down and and walking through the tunnels and and going through the concourse which looks beautiful now with all the renovations that they do there, there's so many neat spots that I think make that stadium what it is. And um, yeah, I, I, I just think, and, and I'll, one other quick story when you ask about locations, because I'm the only one that knows this in terms of, well, some people know this. If you remember when Odell Beckham Jr. punched the wall, like oh, after yeah. the playoff game in 16. So me, which would have been still under 30. So I was somewhat juvenile back then me and a couple of my colleagues, we all like ran down there after the game. Cause we're like, okay, they're going to plaster over that thing. That's going to be gone to history. It's like, but you got Odell Beckham jr. Put his fist through this wall. We got to see this thing. So we went down there. I remember taking a quick little picture of it. And now every time I walk, it's over in the media area. It's on your way. If you're walking into the visiting locker room and it's like, it's that type of stuff that you realize in that space right there, Bart. And just for a quick minute, 
it's those type of things that eventually some people hundred years from now won't care about. Yeah. But in that moment, one of the top players in the National Football League, that's the type of stuff that happens. And it happens on a daily basis there. Well, not that exactly, but cool things. So I, uh, you know, grew up a Packer fan, obviously, too. Um, and now I'm trying to. I've always said I don't. My son doesn't need to like sports for me to like love him. Yeah. yeah. But I'm really going to make sure I try to <laughs> ingrain it in him and we're going to take him to the the Sunday Saturday preseason game. Nice. Yeah. That's the bet like thank what a great what a great day for a preseason game. Unbelievable afternoon. I don't know how yeah. and it's great too for his first game it's like I don't care if they win. I'm not going to be like yep. a loser dad. I'm we uh we stayed at an Airbnb up there for a family thing and it took him over to the stadium and uh we bought some in the pro shop and I think it's like he he sees G and he knows Packers and um he plays with, I have all these old starting lineups. So yeah, he had a Reggie whites that he would play with. And he knows like some of these guys. Yeah. Do you try to osmosis your son or do you, what do you try to do? So here's, what's funny. My wife could not care less about what I do for a living. Uh, obviously the financial aspect of right, it is need important. A job, healthcare for um, yeah. Everyone, everyone loves dental insurance, but uh, the, the thing that's neat about it though, is that, he doesn't necessarily know what I do, but he knows I work at the football stadium. Like he gets that. And one of the coolest things that I ever did is so, so my parents, you know, I'm, I'm your standard. My, both my parents worked in a paper mill up here. I'm your standard middle-class kid in green Bay, Wisconsin. So we didn't have season tickets. I got to go to Packer games by that Brown County lottery as a kid. Right. And it always seemed like at least once every other year, we were going to the preseason game, just like you're going to do. And that's where I actually kind of found my love for this thing was going with my dad to those preseason games and watching Tim couch completely look like a dumpster fire and, and enjoy those experiences. So one of the coolest things I did is again, going back to those tours we can do right after my son was born two years after he was born, we went down in the field one of those Saturday tours and like took a picture with my dad and my, and his grandson, my child, my, my grandma too. And or my mom too, his grandma, but she doesn't care as much about it. So if Killian cares, if he wants to go, you know, work there someday or do equipment or work in it or whatever, I'll be well open to opening that opportunity for him. But I think the thing I want the most is if he can have an appreciation for sports and if it's something he chooses to actually watch or enjoy or do, I'll support him. And if he doesn't, and he's like me and like Pokemon as a kid and things like that, I'll, that's fine too. But the, the cool thing is, is by having that, I'm an only child. So having that bond with my dad growing up, I wasn't like this, like living and dying Packer fan. Like I, I was more of a Brewer fan, to be honest with you. Um, just cause I like baseball more. If you look at me, you'd be surprised. I wasn't actually a really good athlete or a football player. So it's kind of harder to get into that. Um, I played soccer, swam and ran. Yes. Track. Yes. So. Perfect. I was a soccer kid too. So, um, but it was still neat to be able to bond with my father over that stuff, bond with my grandfather over that stuff. My grandfather was a huge Packers fan. You know, he was the one that I remember when I was a kiddo saying, Hey, Bob Harlan's trying to get this new stadium. You guys, we got to support this. This is going to be important for you. And then lo and behold, his grandson ends up working for the team. But I I sure hope Killy likes sports, but anyway, we're doing soccer right now with them. Um, but, um, yeah, probably like your kiddo too. I mean, you'll yeah, we did soccer with him. He hated it. <laughs> but then yeah. uh just the other day we were in the car and he goes, When am I gonna do soccer again? And it's like he hated it. We left yeah. early three times, <laughs> but now he wants to play again. I don't know. I'll tell you what though, dude. I think the one I'm gonna try to force him on is probably pro wrestling. Like if, if Kill doesn't like pro wrestling, we're probably gonna have some problems. <laughs> we'll see if he if he ends up following me down that path at all. Oh, what you said about UFC and like trying to, after I watch, I'm a wrestling guy too. After yeah. like any of these events, I go and like, what do people say? Yes. Then, Twitter. But then I like grab, I end up gravitating towards the guys I hate. Yeah. Like, what did they say? And I'm like, oh, then I like tweet them and then delete it. And I get off. <laughs> I, I, I think my favorite thing is when I uh, will ultimately end up sending, not, I always try to be somewhat creative. But then I'll send a tweet to like the WWE account. And then like 10 minutes later being like, dude, you're 35. Just delete that. Forget that this all happened. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm with you. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. 
And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah. Uh, should I ask you about the team? There's yeah, there? go ahead. I, I think that I can <laughs> ask you about the team. Well, I, I mean, I think like team-wise, this is a new era. And I know yeah. Matt LaFleur this week was asked about the new offense, and he's like, it's not a new offense, but to us, we feel like it is. Yeah. Here's here's what I, I think I want from the Packers and how I think they're going to succeed. So this is just me saying this. The worst they are as a fantasy football team, I think the better they'll be outside of Jordan Love. Yeah. Like, I want I want all these receivers to have, like, 50 catches each. I want these tight ends, four of them to make a team, and one day it's this guy's game, one day it's this guy's game. I want the running backs to be active, and I that's kind of like – where I would think, we don't know, we, we talk about Matt LaFleur's offense, Matt LaFleur's offense, and we think we see it, but how much of that is Rodgers, we never know. Yeah, I think it would be, if I look at these other offenses, a lot of people are involved, and a lot of people are going to have the chance to succeed. Is that something that we might Bart, see? Bart, you hit it on the head, because again, that, that insider inbox column we did, somebody kind of asked me about what I think this offense is going to look like, and I said, more than any other year I've, that I've covered the team, I think this is year 12 for me now, I think that wide receivers three through five all could have roles. I think tight ends one through four definitely could have roles. And I think even there's a room for an RB three to, to, to be able to have maybe not 10 carries a game, but be able to do something that they contribute. If you go back to the construct of the floor system and some of the things he's tried to do over the years, he has tried to get a third running back involved. So I, I think you're spot on in that. And I, I think the more players that step up, the bigger it's going to be for this unit, because I just look at the multiplicity of the scheme and certainly you have guys like Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, they're going to get their snaps. They're going to be the featured players in this offense. But, you, you, you know, I, I think you look at what a guy like Dontavian Wicks did during the offseason program. I, I made this comment with Mike Spofford, my colleague. You know, if it wasn't for Dobbs and, and Watson and all these young guys, Jaden, you know, Reed as a second round pick. If we flash back a year ago, I think Dontavian Wicks could have been the headline the same way that Romeo Dobbs was. I thought Wicks had a really nice spring. And the more those guys can come in and look the part and be comfortable, I think the better that this offense is going to be. The biggest key for them, though, is especially if they run young here at tight end, making sure that those young guys can block and do some of those small things that this offense really does require. Now, you could get more six O-line stuff happening if you need it, but that was one of the beautiful things that they could do with, with Mercedes Lewis is you could kind of mix that up a little bit. You don't necessarily have to tell on yourself as much by putting a six offensive lineman out there, but I like it. I, I like the fact that people know that you don't have necessarily all these different mouths that have to get fed. You can kind of spread it out and, and mix it up. And I, I feel like if guys can stay healthy with how young they are, I mean, the cream will rise to the top out of that group. Now, for those listening, I do want, I, I read Wes's column. And frame the you. question <laughs> off of what you wrote <laughs> so you could highlight your column. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. We, <laughs> whatever we can do to get people to the website. <laughs> hey, it's just this journalism. Yes. That's all I'm doing. Yep. That, that's, the, that's the key. That's the, uh, that is the radio and podcast 101 is, hey, what did this guy write recently? How can I feed into his content rather than just saying, Hey, go to Joe Schmuck's website. And he, he wrote something about uh, a couple players, you know, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. But no, I, but, but I do, I do think that is going to be, I will agree. I think that's the strength of the offense, being able to use all those different faces. You knew Tim Allen from the fan. Yeah, absolutely. So he, I just talked to him the other day and he said the funniest thing to me that I can't get over. He goes, if you ever want to ask a radio guy how he's doing, tell him that you just went to the doctor. 
and and then go i go tim's like and i get and then i said i know tim i just went to the doctor and i got this foot thing and i got this plantar fascia he's like that's how you get these radio guys to talk tell them something about you you went to the doctor and then these idiots will (laughs) absolutely i mean hey tim's the master too i was actually it was fun i got a chance to actually talk with him a couple uh, a week or two ago it was good getting on the radio with him again oh nice good good yeah Yeah, miss miss tim so much too um defensively i'll ask you one I guess from from what I'm thinking with the team, and maybe offense is in the mix too here, it seems like, all right, we kind of know the team. Everybody does their little depth charts, 3D. Here's my prediction. Yeah. Do you think there's – are there more spots up for grabs, especially on that side of the ball? Is training camp – and I saw one coach, I forget who it was, but their whole thing was we watch what happens, but we don't start to make any personnel decisions until that first game. Yeah. Is is there like, is there an added importance to this training camp? Because it's not just Rogers left. It's right a lot of guys left. A lot of guys, a lot of depth pieces. Right when you look at safety, when you look at defensive line, um, the, the, kicker, those, kicker. That's not nothing, right? I mean, that's a huge quantum change and shift to to what they've done. I like that idea too to wait into the first preseason game and more now than ever because of this ramp up period. Uh, as much as this first week and the second week is going to be about, okay, who sent, who shows up, who looks good. You're not going to be in pads yet. It actually is kind of an extension of the off season program in a lot of ways. So it does take some time here to actually get a feel for where these guys are going to be at. That being said, I look at last year with the defense and it was such a weird situation where, I mean, all of us had these astronomical expectations for them, especially with the success they had against green Bay's offense in these practices and the new York, new Orleans saints too. I mean, Green Bay dominated those practices against the Saints, and certainly New Orleans didn't end up being a, you know, they weren't exactly a power last year. But it got off to such a slow start defensively that this year I think it's going to be more about building momentum, certainly staying healthier, but then seeing which young guys step up, Bart, because Dean Lowry and Jaron Reed are gone, and, and I'm not trying to you know act like this is the 60s Lombardi defensive line and there's these huge questions, but – those two guys ate up 1,400 snaps last year. Who's taking those on? And I think it's a good sign, at least from a scouting perspective, that Green Bay must feel really good about Devontae Wyatt and TJ Slayton and, and what those guys could potentially do next to Kenny Clark. Because beyond that, you have two rookies that are going to be working into that rotation. And safety is probably the position where it's the biggest steepest odds in terms of what it could be in terms of being a starter in this defense to potentially not making a 53. When you look at the veterans that green Bay has assembled and okay, who's going to start, who's the best compliment to Darnell Savage. And then on the other end of it, if you don't end up being that starter, who's going to be the guy that ultimately gets those snaps with special teams that could step up yeah. Rudy Ford, Tarvarius Moore, uh, Jonathan Owens. I mean, talk about a guy that's going to have a chip on his shoulder. Jonathan started 17 games last year, played 920 snaps, and then kind of had to wait a minute to even get a contract and an opportunity to keep this thing going down. Levitt's back Innis Gaines has been a guy that I've liked the last couple of years who I think has really progressed has great size for the safety position. So as much as it's going to be about Lucas Van Ness and Rashawn Gary and those cornerbacks and all these other guys, it's how do you fill out that rest of that 11? Because, you know, as Mark Murphy was talking about this week too, especially early on, the Packers are going to be leaning on that defense and they need that unit to start fast this year. I missed the owner's meeting. I am an owner. Yeah. Um, I, I had to, miss we, the we missed you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so if you, as an employee could pass, there was one suggestion I wanted to make. Yep. I, I got the, the suggestion the, box here somewhere. Yeah. I sat in the club level for the game against the lions that they lost last year. Oh, good. Nice. <laughs> and I never sat up there before. So you're on one. Yeah. It's like a up there. High roller. I wish just to pass this along. They play the radio feed and I love Wayne and Larry as much as the next guy, but they play the radio feed at like a hundred decibel. Hmm. And I want to hear the sound of the crowd. Yeah. So just pass that along to is this is this like was that one of the end zone ones where it's like all the people that are in this they're in the seats together or were you like how did that work what kind of what kind of arrangement did you have it was almost like a movie theater yeah okay those seats okay yeah and then we sat kind of in the bottom yeah I'll have to I'll have to run that one and up there's the, a gra- yeah. there's the glass and I can't like I didn't obviously the answer is sit outside then you <laughs> wuss but I was gifted tickets so I yeah. Went. I've never been able to sit in the suites other than the year that I was quarantined in them, but yeah. 
Sure. Yeah. That was, that was it fun. Was, it's so loud. I want to yeah. hear the fans, even a mixture. So, you know, what is funny about that? Um, so in 2020, I call was the person cool. right now and make this change. <laughs> I don't even know who I would call to be honest with you. so many facilities, <laughs> but, um, uh, Linda. <laughs> 2020, uh, I was in the testing group for the Packers. So I had to get tested every day for COVID, but because of that, we were isolated from gen pop, as I called it, the, mm. the actual other media that were up in the press box. We had to go in the fifth floor or no, I'm sorry, the sixth floor right underneath the press box. And the funny thing about it, dude, now those were the real suites, right? Like the ones that I think the, you know, the businesses are buying. And those are the ones that they did the renovations on where it was like $55 million. They, they made all the glass so you could open up the glass in the suites. Right. And I'll never forget the first game I covered having the windows closed and there was no one in the stadium. So it wasn't like we were trying to get it, but having the windows closed as opposed to actually being able to open it up and just hear the, the plays happening and guys talking down there, it makes a difference. It really does. So I, I, I sympathize with those folks Thank that you. are in those like actual, the I know what you're talking about. Like those theater ones, I think more towards the end zones that where it's like, yeah, you're th th those windows aren't opening up. So yeah, I'll, uh, I'll keep that under advisement. It'd be like, Hey, as much as we love Wayne and Larry and we all do, we need more like crowd noise. Even if you just turn them down, it was very loud. It was, it, it was like ruined my day. Did you go home that night? And it was like two in the morning, waking up with hearing Wayne's voice, like, shuddering through your like arabellum and it was like and the packers lost to the lions <laughs> that's the part that probably really imagine what that and the like lions are run. running trick plays now to rub it in <laughs> oh man that one hurt that th you know what that the end of the season was a lot like i always said it was like the 15 season in arizona i was in arizona for that game when uh you know they made the janice had the big catches and then larry fitzgerald had the 75 yard touchdown at the end that one always bothered me because the narrative, those are the things that get me the most I, Packers win or lose, whatever. I got a job to do. I got to get the story out, but it's when the narrative doesn't fit your story. And those are the two games where I felt like that happened Arizona because of all the heroics that happened and they still ended up losing the thing and they lost in devastating fashion in overtime. And then last year where the Packers get on this late season run, it feels like we're on the table again. And then you get to that game against Detroit, you get it, win or go home, you're at Lambeau field and all the air comes out of the balloon. So yeah, there's, there's definitely from that regard. Um, yeah, that, that's going to be a tough one. I think I, it's like, funny too. I always write down, I always Sharpie in the Packers results after every game. I have this little schedule thing. I still have not put in the final score from that lions game. I don't know if I ever will. Wow. That's deep. That's meta. Well, Jordan Love should have played that game. Roger should have. It's, it's, it's like 2007 where it was like, ah, McCarthy should have just put Rogers in. They would have beaten the giants, but. You know, yeah, yeah Rodgers should have played in the cold games. Yeah. And just like last year, Love should have played in the cold games. I don't know why no coach will do that. I, it's tough. It's it's tough, though, right? Because, like, I, I've always thought about that. But football is as much about, you know, personality and managing people as it is, you know, the X's and an O's. And I don't know. It, it would take a lot of a lot of brass. A lot of a lot of guts to make a decision like that because certainly you're kind of hanging your guy out there a little bit too. But that's what's exciting about this year, Bart. That's what I'm excited about for the Packers is that I've never covered a first year starting quarterback. You know, yeah. Aaron Rodgers was already a Super Bowl champion and a one time MVP when I started covering the team in twelve full time. So to see a young guy go through the peaks and valleys, the ups and downs, and seeing who rallies around that. And even feel in the locker room, like even the offseason program, I felt like things were a lot looser, not necessarily just a reflection of Rogers, but I mean, just the reflection of having a 24 year old quarterback that, you know, he's, he's been playing, you know, throwing Nicolay water bottles into recycled containers with AJ Dillon for the last three years. I mean, these guys know what the guy's all about and he could have made the situation a lot tougher, you know, for as much drama as there was the last couple of years and how tense things got, you never heard. Jordan Love making any of those things more difficult. The guy was a pro. He stuck to his business, and now he's finally getting a shot to show what he can do. Well, you got the Nicolay water plug in there, so. I uh, did. Hey, man, great water. Lucas Patrick once told me, he's like, that's the best water in America. It's I also, got Lucas Patrick's endorsement? It's got Lucas Patrick's endorsement. He was trying to get a sponsorship, man. Well, but uh, unfortunately, I don't, have any, I don't have any with me here, though, but the official water of the Green Bay Packers. Wes, thanks so much. Good to talk to you. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, buddy. I appreciate you having me on. It was a lot of fun.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.